lecture one part two of christian patience by william bernard ullathorne this librivox recording is in the public domain lecture one the work of patience in the soul part two all the glory of the king's daughter is within psalm forty four verse fourteen this daughter of the king is the soul born of charity the glory of that soul is in the abiding presence of the holy spirit and in the principle and the promise of eternal glory charity is the living beauty of the soul that seeks god through all the virtues it is the sweet odour of god the living flame that breaks out of his truth establishing order purity justice goodness and wisdom in the soul it is the sacred fire placed by the holy spirit upon the altar of the heart what is all philosophy compared to charity charity is the most practical philosophy which from the heart illuminates the understanding because it is the noblest action of truth and reaches lovingly to the divine cause of all things but if the perfection of the soul consists in complete and exquisite charity what room is there for other perfections why does st james teach that patience hath a perfect work st james chapter one verse four why does he insist that by patience we are made perfect and entire failing in nothing st paul enforces the same doctrine where he says patience is necessary for you that doing the will of god you may obtain the promise hebrews chapter ten verse thirty six and our blessed lord gives us this solemn instruction in your patience you shall possess your souls st luke chapter twenty one verse nineteen what then is the work of patience in the soul in the first place it must be observed that charity takes hold of the other virtues animates them with her fire inspires them with her motive draws them into her service and employs them whether faith hope humility patience or whatever other virtue for her own completion and perfection in the second place such is the irritability restlessness weakness and inconstancy of the powers of our nature considered in themselves that they require the firm control of patience to conquer them and to bring them into subjection to the sovereign virtue of charity hence st paul teaches that charity is patient one corinthians chapter thirteen verse four and that it is patient charity which enables us to bear all things and to endure all things hence the fathers and great spiritual divines have concluded that the grace of patience is given with the grace of charity as well to protect it as to bring it to perfection true patience for the love of god is therefore the highest test and most evident proof of the presence of a noble degree of charity because patience is its perfecting quality making it whole and entire failing in nothing it is the surest test because it cannot be easily mistaken as it can only be obtained even with the help of grace 
by dint of labor self-combat and effort but we have the sensible result in the possession of oneself and in peace of soul what do we find so difficult as to keep ourselves in our own possession so that no part of our nature shall slip away from the command of the will or from the empire of charity our divine lord seldom gives his reasons for his precepts because they carry in themselves their own light but he has given us the whole reason why we need the virtue of patience when he tells us that it is by this virtue we hold the possession of our souls this vigorous virtue of patience is the spiritual remedy which god has provided against the weakness perturbation and inconstancy of our nature exposed as it is to irritations fears temptations cupidities vanities pride and sadness every creature by reason of its origin from nothingness when left to itself is exposed to division dissolution and failure unless it receive a divine support and the bracing strength of patience to hold it together that it may endure and persevere but in our fallen nature and especially in that part of it which is material and animal there is a darkness a baleful fire of cupidity a root of selfishness and a restlessness that war against the light and law of god in the soul darken her light dissipate and trouble her powers and draw her away from the possession of herself but the less she is in the possession of herself the less capable is the soul of ascending to god and therefore the less capable of knowing god and loving him the soul cannot possess herself when she is held in the possession of her mortal senses appetites or passions or when held in bondage to creatures that are less than herself and that trouble degrade and divide the soul and take off her mind and will from what is greater and better than herself nor can the soul possess herself within herself because she is made for god and without god for the chief object of her mind and affections she is poor disturbed and discontented she can only possess herself in god through charity and patience in love adhering to god in patience persevering in that adherence despite of all the perturbations and fears of her inferior nature then will the soul find her powers united and in possession of her will by reason of her union with god but this will only be in proportion to her patience hence st john climacus observed that to the spiritual man patience is more essential than food and justly so for food strengthens the body and preserves it from weakness but patience fortifies the soul and without it no virtue can be firm and solid but as we are bound to take more care of the soul than of the body it is evident that we ought to be more solicitous for patience than for food for in the words of st peter damien the man whose patience breaks down may have other virtues but he will never have their strength and solidity 
patience is concerned in all that we have to resist in all that we have to deny ourselves in all that we have to endure in all that we have to adhere to and in all that we have to do this includes all human acts that bear the character of duty or devotedness whether those acts be purely interior or come forth into the exterior life and conduct for wherever patience fails the act is weak and the work imperfect this comprehensive view of the work of patience in man is enlarged upon by that profound thinker tertullian in the following terms patience protects the whole will of god in man and enters into all his commandments it fortifies faith governs peace helps charity prepares humility conducts to penance leads to confession rules the flesh preserves the spirit bridles the tongue controls the hand breaks down temptations expels scandals and consummates martyrdom it consoles the poor man moderates the wealthy man suffers not the infirm man to sink under his weakness and allows not the strong man to consume his strength it delights the believer attracts the unbeliever adorns the woman and makes the man approved it is loved in the youth praised in the mature man and is looked up to in the aged man patience is beautiful in both sexes and at every age the features of the patient one are calm and pleasant the brow is pure because free from the signs of sadness and of irritation the eyes are peaceful the mouth is sealed with discretion yet next to the virtue of humility there is no christian virtue that stands more in need of careful exposition than the virtue of patience although well known in a popular way and on the surface as it is opposed to anger and as our sustainer under sufferings it is but little understood as a fundamental virtue of the soul and that only by those truly spiritual persons who are well exercised in interior self-discipline of which this virtue is the basis it is therefore of great importance that we should be instructed in its ways and in the methods by which it is obtained so intimate is the connection between patience and humility that neither of these virtues can make much progress without the other nor can charity advance towards its perfection without their aid the seraphic saint francis so deeply founded in these two virtues was wont to exclaim hail humility with thy sister patience what humility begins patience consolidates humility purifies the soul patience fortifies the will humility subjects the soul to god patience rests the soul on god humility makes the soul simple and sincere patience makes her firm and constant humility keeps the soul in her just and true position patience protects her in the peaceful possession of that position it is not therefore humility alone or patience alone but humility and patience in their happy combination with charity 
that establish the groundwork of the christian virtues and on this secure basis we are able to work out our perfection hence st catherine of siena calls patience the pith and marrow of charity if we examine the eight beatitudes we shall find that patience is an essential constituent in every one of them if we hear the spouse of christ the loving soul declare in the canticles he hath set charity in order within me canticles chapter two verse four the order of charity is secured by patience by patience was the church of god built up by patience every holy soul is built up in his great vision of the combat throughout the ages of the church with the world st john sums up the final triumph of god's servants in these words here is the patience of the saints who keep the commandments of god and the faith of jesus apocalypse chapter fourteen verse twelve not only does st paul teach in various places that patience is the virtue that completes and perfects charity but in a special prayer for his disciples he asks for them the combination of these two virtues may the lord direct your hearts in the charity of god and the patience of christ two thessalonians chapter three verse five if we contemplate the provident action of god as it moves through his creation we everywhere see the signs of his divine patience sustaining what is by nature feeble upholding what left to itself must fall enduring evil and disorder for the sake of final good providing for all things according to their needs and conducting all things to their destinies according to his eternal designs if we contemplate the ways of god in souls with what a sovereign patience he endures their wayward follies and ungrateful crimes to bring them from their evil to his good if we contemplate those souls themselves or look carefully into our own our experience of the weakness and inconstancy of our nature will teach us how greatly we stand in need of the gift and virtue of patience this truth has been so admirably expressed by a holy bishop and martyr of the third century that we here give his words st zeno says whilst we seek the blessed life with the earnest sighs of our nature and look for it through the various virtues they are all brought to their rest through patience without patience nothing can be conceived by the mind nothing can be understood nothing can be taught for all things look to patience neither faith nor hope neither justice nor humility neither chastity nor honesty nor concord nor charity nor any act of virtue nor even the elements of nature are able to hold together or keep their consistency without the nerve restraint and discipline of patience patience is always mature it is humble prudent cautious provident and contented under every necessity that arises tranquil in the day of clouds and amidst the tempests of provocation it allows nothing to disturb the serenity of the soul 
the patient man knows of neither alteration nor regret who can say that he ever suffers loss whatever he has to endure you will find him as complete at the end of his sufferings as though he had suffered nothing how can we calculate the results of his patience when he seems to have undergone defeat we find he has got the victory no force no violence can drive patience from its position neither labor nor hunger nor nakedness nor persecution nor fear nor danger can move patience from its resolution no power no torments no death come it in whatever shape no ambition no enjoyment of felicity can shake the constancy of patience robustly balanced in a certain elevated and divine temperance that calms the soul into peaceful moderation patience abides immovable and to enable it to master all difficulties its first conquest is over the soul herself the virtues cannot be virtues nor can the state of the elements be lasting nor can they flow in their well-known connection through their solemn circles unless patience like a solicitous mother be the keeper of things and the regulator of their changes it is an obvious truth that what is weak by nature or constitution and liable to fail can only be made strong by the infusion of strength or by adhering to what is strong and unchangeable but moral strength that which makes the soul strong whether in action or endurance is patience let us examine these principles by the light of the inspired psalmist when surrounded with trials oppressed and almost smothered with temptations he feels all the weakness of his nature and is troubled with disturbing fears but he breaks away from them in this fervid cry shall not my soul be subject to god for from him is my salvation for he is my god and my saviour my protector i shall be moved no more the hebrew text as the commentators observe is more forcible it indicates a silent subjection to god that neither doubts murmurs complains nor listens to temptation and a resting on god as the rock of his strength after describing his enemies rushing upon him as though he were a leaning wall and a tottering fence he thus addresses his own soul be thou o my soul subject to god for from him is my patience for he is my god and my saviour he is my helper i shall not be moved psalm sixty one verses one through seven in other psalms the royal prophet invokes the almighty as his firmament and his refuge and as the fortress of his strength and calls god his patience because from him he derives the strength of patience rests on him as the foundation of his strength and finds in him his protection in the seventieth psalm he says be thou to me o god a protector and a place of strength that thou mayest make me safe for thou art my firmament and refuge thou art my patience o lord my hope o lord from my youth 
psalm seventy verses three through five he thus teaches from his own interior experience as well as from his light that our patience is derived from adhering to the unchangeable strength of god and from receiving the gift of strength from his bounty rising in another psalm to that more fundamental and steadfast patience which takes the name of fortitude of which he has received the gift the sacred singer says i will sing thy fortitude and will extol thy mercy psalm fifty eight verse seventeen and in the consciousness that this noble gift is mainly given that by its force he may adhere to god he says again i will keep my fortitude to thee psalm fifty eight verse ten we are here taught by the holy spirit through the soul of david that god is our patience our fortitude and our strength provided we rest our souls on him adhere to him are subject to his strengthening influences and work with them in loyal cooperation patience is so great a gift of god observes st augustine that it is even ascribed to him who waits so long for the conversion of the sinner god cannot suffer yet though incapable of suffering he takes the name of patience but as he neither suffers nor is subject to impatience who can say what the patience of god is it is as incomprehensible as his zeal his anger or anything of like kind but if we consider patience as it is the enduring strength of charity that admits not the entrance of evil within the divine circle of good whilst it endures the existence of external evil for the sake of greater good then we shall approach nearer to understanding the patience of god because god is charity and charity is patient as what is weak of itself obtains strength by adhering to what is strong the weak human will obtains strength to keep the whole man in discipline by adhering to god and receiving power to repel the movements of temptation and the risings of irritation and to quiet the perturbations of the spirit come from whatever cause they may we are directed says the profound tertullian to exercise the authority of patience not from any cynical affectation of equanimity like the pagans but from the divine disposition of a celestial and life-giving discipline of which god is the example end of lecture one part two